1: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Adjara Levine Studios.
0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Well, do you still have Urban Meyer fever? Or what? Maybe you never had it. Arthur Smith, Robert Sala, Raheem Morris, Eric B. Some of the reports being thrown around, Jaguars have requested interviews with, what about general manager wise, we've heard Jerry Reese's name and Rick Smith and Trent Baalke's already in the building, Lewis Riddick's name's been thrown around, today Ray Farmer, former Cleveland Brown GM, so a lot of names on the list, a wide net has been cast, we are going to continue to hear a lot of these names mentioned, I would believe, but remember there's a market for this. There's competition for this because there are six jobs available. In fact, seven GM jobs because of the Denver Broncos. Uh, so we will see how it unfolds. But sooner the better if you want the top man, whoever that might be. Brent Martino here at home once again. And Austin Lane in the Action Sports Shack Studios. Coos around here on a Tuesday. Hope everybody's doing well. Are you awake, Austin Lane? Yeah, man. Feeling great. Ready to roll. You get a nap
2: in. Uh, yeah, I got my usual 20-minute nap in, so, I'm feeling great.
0: So, how'd it go this morning?
2: It was good. It was good. Um, we we had some interesting topics, had some interesting callers. Yeah, yeah, there's some interesting callers out there in Jacksonville, go figure, but it, it was a great time. I mean, I'll be honest with you, and I'm not trying to sound cocky or anything or talk a lot of smack, but it's a lot harder to talk sports for, like, three hours a day than it is to talk for, like, Maybe f- fifteen minutes an hour with the, with the songs and everything. Yeah. Um. So I felt comfortable. Let's just say that.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, you, you really got to pick your spots, and you better be good in those spots. And on that yep. WAP in the morning, because I, I listened in oh, the last half hour. Nice. And I think I heard you once.
2: I know, man. But that's the thing. Like here, it's like let's be honest. I mean, it's three hours. Let's, give or take, it's probably like two thirty, right? Two hours and thirty minutes, and we we got to make it last. With that gig, it's like you better bring something. You better bring it hard because you don't have that much time.
0: No, uh, I mean by the way, I'm hoping you're good all the time here too for two and a, two and a half hours or whatever it might be. It just depends how many commercials we sell. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that time varies, but mm-hmm. uh, you better be good today. No excuses. I'm not giving you, like, "Ah, I've been talking for 15 minutes, an hour in the morning, had to get up early. I don't care. You better bring it. Oh, and here's the crazy thing. You're acting like a
2: sport that i played pretty much my entire life is going to be hard to talk about for two and a half hours. (laughs) <laughs> hey, uh, I was made for this, Brent. Don't worry about me, man. Are you okay? Are you I'm, ready to roll?
0: I'm ready to rock, all man. Right, I'm all telling right. you, I, I think I'm gonna work from home forever. Uh, <laughs> sneak a game of Miss Pac-Man in.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, had a better day on Miss Pac-Man. Oh but wait, so then you end up getting the Miss Pac-Man game? Oh yeah, we got it. Nice. Uh, I I'm addicted. Yeah. Play it all uh, all different times a day. Have you um, beat it yet? No. Mm. I might I might get. Um, I'm thinking of just getting another one for the office. Okay. Flex? Get, when we go back. Flex?
2: You know? Yeah, or else you just put it in the truck and carry it back and forth if you really <laughs> yeah, not have
0: to. That. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing that. I do have a question about Ms. Pac-Man a, a little bit later on in the show. I, I want answered because we had a little debate in the house, Okay, uh, so we'll get to that. But the Urban Meyer stuff is not dying down, uh, and uh, it's still a pretty hot thing. I think the latest is uh, the only news out about Urban Meyer, by the way, is the fact that Or report, I shouldn't even say it's news, but these are all reports. From, you know, the $12 million report yesterday to, uh, now Ian Rappaport says that pro football talk report about how much money, uh, was not true when it comes to the Jaguars. Which I thought was a very interestingly worded tweet. Mm Because it says when it comes to the Jaguars. Well, the Chargers' job's open, and now there are reports that the Chargers are interested too. And so, if 12 million isn't the number, is that just for the Jaguars, or is 12 million not the number because Urban isn't going to get 12 million? So, his people said, All right, I mean, we don't have to have 12 million. 10 will be okay. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. So, I don't really know. The number game is really interesting. I don't really think, to me, it doesn't matter. Like, that stuff is, you know, pay them whatever you got to pay them. I mean, bottom line is, I can tell you that. If you look at the coaches in the National Football League, and if you look at coaches across college, they're making a lot of money. Yeah. You know, Doug Marone was, I think, only making maybe like $3.5 $4 million, I say only. Mm-hmm. But you know, Matt Rule comes in the league, and he gets a seven-year contract, which is huge in terms of length. And then on top of that, it's like almost $9 million a year. Well, to me, if... That's the measuring stick now. I mean, he's the college guy coming to the NFL game. He's making almost nine million and he's getting that length of time. So, you know, I'm not going to put anybody coming into the league with Belichick, Pete Carroll, uh, and those guys that might be north of 10 million. But John Gruden, who by the way also has a, as a resume. I think he could stand alone. But if these other guys are now making, you know, if Matt Rule's making eight and a half, nine million a year, Well, I mean, I think that becomes, at least for a guy with Urban Meyer's resume, at least some sort of benchmark for getting back in the NFL. And I guess it depends how much he makes at Fox, too, because how much can you rip him away for? So Well, we'll see where that lands.
2: And here's my perspective on it. Is Urban Meyer worth $12 million? The more important question, does it matter to me? absolutely not because guess what Brent it's not my money it's not your money it's not the show's money so pay him as much as you want like we had Patrick Mahomes last year sign well, actually this year sign a deal for 10 uh 10 years 503 million dollars okay so everyone's making money in the NFL if it's going to cost you 12 million dollars a year to get that big name coach to get some hype around this city then so be it. I mean, Shad Khan's bringing Sting to AEW. I don't know how much that costs, man. If you got to pay Urban Meyer $12 million, then so be it.
0: Yeah, I, I, again, I, I, I'm with you. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, well, you've got to pay to play. You know, yeah. that's that's the thing. What I think is interesting here is the dynamic of how much could Urban Meyer actually command? What would draw him away? Or is that even a question mark from the from the Fox studios? And then on top of that, if this is what I'd be a little careful of with all these numbers floating around. um And and again, these are just numbers. These aren't nobody's actual. I I don't really believe anything I I see until it happens. <laughs> so I think these are just all part of the rumor game flying around and people are putting stuff out there, and maybe some of it is true, by the way. You can make some sense of some of the numbers. I mean, he was probably offered a boatload to go to Texas, you know, if that was real, and he turned that down. So it can't be all about the money. Um, but what I think is interesting a little bit from the Jags' perspective is you don't want to have to overpay somebody that you don't think is worth it. And and so I'm not talking about Urban, but what if Urban says, hey, I'm not getting back into coaching, and and what if the Jags say, well, we really weren't interested in as much as everybody said? Well, then you move on to your next guy, and whoever your next guy is, let's just say Arthur Smith, and and Arthur Smith is. Well, I mean, you were going to get, we heard you were going to give Urban $12 million, So, I mean, we're going to charge eight, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. So I think you got to be a little careful of that, especially for some of the hot names out there, when you're trying to get the best guy, even, we talk about this in free agency. Well, in the coaching circle, you might have to overpay a little bit because, listen, the Chargers job is a pretty good job. The Jets job might not be a bad job. I think you can make cases the other jobs aren't as great as they look on paper. But, you know, if there are two or three jobs out there and you're, say you're Urban or Arthur Smith and those guys are the hot names and people are after you. Well, I mean, sometimes, listen, that's negotiation, right? I mean, that's supply and demand. That's just the way it shakes out. And so the Jags could end up paying a little bit more. Now, listen, Matt Rule, I think Carolina, how many people were going to pay Matt Rule eight and a half million, nine million million, $9 million over the course of seven years? I don't think many. But I think that basically was, we want you. We want you. We're going to. We're not even going to risk this. We're going to get you. Uh, and so, it, it, you can do that way, too. I mean, much like the Raiders did when they got John Gruden and they said, hey, it's going to cost you this much to yank you out of the booth? Well, 10 years, 10, uh, 10 years, $100 million. Boom. Much like, hey, what can we get Jimbo Fisher for at Texas A&M? 10 years, $75 million guaranteed. Boom. So sometimes you have to do that, and, and maybe that will be the case with an Urban Meyer. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's going to be a costly endeavor.
2: No, it's definitely going to be a costly endeavor. And I think from Urban Meyer's perspective, listen, I don't know how much net worth Urban Meyer has. I have to think that he's done pretty well for himself, being the head coach of the Florida Gators and the Ohio State Buckeyes and now doing his you know Fox Sports 1 uh, gig. Like I'm sure the guy's very well off with money. But once again, I, I always say this. It's not necessarily like... If you're to pay somebody twelve million dollars, I think that twelve million would come with expectations like, hey man, if you're gonna be one of the highest paid, you know, coaches in the NFL, you gotta take us to a Super Bowl. Like that's that's the goal and that's what you wanna hear. But at the end of the day, if I'm Urban Meyer, I'm looking at, listen, if you're willing to pay me twelve million dollars, that shows that you want me. You, you want me more than anybody else. You want me more than the Fox gig. You want me more than the, maybe the Chargers. You want me more than anybody else and people want to go where they're wanted. So to me, that's what the money's going to say. You know, now whether he's earned that or not, that's up for debate. But at the end of the day, if you pay Urban Meyer $12 million and he doesn't turn that down, he says absolutely, I get it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I just, want uh, the update on the Urban Meyer front is not really much. I mean, other than that Rappaport report about the dollars. Um, but I also think, it's not much, meaning it's not going away. You know, there's a simple thing that ends the Urban Meyer talk. Somebody says, We're not interested in him or he says, I'm not interested in you. And until that happens, guess what we're talking about every day here in Jacksonville? <laughs> because I do feel I still feel like that buzz is real. We don't know for sure. There's a lot of things that get thrown out there, uh, and I'm I'm aware of that. I'm trying to keep that in my mind too, because the way people talk and agents talk, and and you try to I, I I'm not convinced all this urban stuff once again. While some real might not be to get another two or three million dollars back in the Fox studios to say, hey, you want to keep this guy or not? you got to have to give him a raise. You know, I mean, that's the way the coaching world works sometimes in the college game. And I would bet even in the NFL game, he's got a little bit of leverage because he's already got a job. So I'm not convinced that's not part of all this talk about Urban. But I do think it's real. Do you think all this is as real as the buzz is when it comes to Urban Meyer? Uh, do, do I think it's real as in him
2: coming to Jacksonville is what you're saying? Say that one more time. Uh, I said, are you asking if I think it's real that he's coming to Jacksonville like that, Buzz, or that he wants to coach in the NFL? Uh,
0: that Well, both, really.
2: Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it is real because his name has been thrown out a lot, it seems like, the past few weeks or so, especially this week. And I, I don't know, man. Like, I'm not Ruben Meyer, and I'm not a head football coach, and I understand there's a lot of ego that goes with that position. But one would think that if you keep hearing your name out in the airwaves, you know, is Urban Meyer going to go here? Is he going to leave his Fox job and go coach? Like, eventually, if it's not true, I feel like Urban Meyer comes out and says something like, hey, I don't want to do this. Now, everyone loves to have their name in the headlines and, and, you know, everyone loves to see their name trending on Twitter or whatever the case may be for a while. Right. But then eventually, especially if you're a grown man, it gets kind of tiresome and you come out and say, yeah, I'm thanks, but no thanks. I like what I'm doing right now. Urban Meyer hasn't even given a clue that he's into doing that quite yet. So I do think there's legs to Urban Meyer wanting to coach in the NFL. I do think that any coach, um, whether it's high school, the college ranks, or the pro ranks has that eagle that says, you know what? My system, my philosophy, and everything that I know about the game of that, of that, you know, of of the game of football, I can work that wherever. I can go to a Pop Warner team and make it work. I can go to college and make it work. And I can go to the pros to make it work. And I think Urban Meyer wants to see, after all all he's accomplished in college, if he can make his system work at the next level.
0: Yeah, uh, I think there's part of that too. I think a lot of people want to um see if that that really can happen um when they're in that position, right? See if they can get to the top of the heap. And and of course I do think there is the rush of the sideline when it comes to uh Urban Meyer as well. Somebody brought this up to me. Um and I wanna get your thoughts on this. One of the reasons why Urban Meyer might maybe have a maybe from the stress standpoint of it all or anything else, might be a little bit more comfortable at the NFL level, is you're not as responsible for everybody's actions in the NFL as you are in college. And what do I mean by that? Well, if a kid gets popped on a college campus for underage drinking, guess who has to answer to that? Not necessarily the kid, but the coach, usually, of the the football team. If the same thing happens to X player in the NFL, that coach has to say, yeah, that's a bad look, and the team issues a statement, but guess who's answering to that? Like the kid, you know, or the young player, or the young Mm -hmm. man. And so some of that stuff where, like, I guess the blame goes around a little bit more, you know, Like, like, even if you miss on recruits, that's on the coach. Doesn't matter that your assistant defensive backs coach was the guy that recruited him. It's on you if in this business, and we see this a lot when things go wrong, if you missed on the second round pick, well, you blame the GM. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So there's like you're not – it's just every single thing that might go wrong, which, by the way, when you're running these kind of things, things go wrong, doesn't come right back to you, which just adds stress. I'm not saying Urban Meyer doesn't want any part of the accountability – it's certainly he's tied into it all, but he doesn't have to answer for everything. I thought it was a pretty good point, and, and I think if you raise the stress level of a college job, which somebody also brought up, like which more stressful, college job or NFL job? I think it's debatable, but if you add that part in, well, I think it's fair to say that that part of the college game, you're responsible for everything. What that kid ate for lunch, how much he lifted in the weight room, what he did at 8 o'clock to midnight or after midnight? I mean, you are answering to everything in the college game. Uh, not so much in the NFL. No, well, without a
2: doubt. And I've said it before. I mean, it's almost like, you know, you're, you're babysitting to an extent and you're trying to shape young men um, because a lot of – you know, those high school kids that come on campus, there's some immaturity still. So you have to take them underneath your wing, make sure they're going to classes, make sure they get all their homework done, um, how they do in the test. They're like There's a lot that goes in to being a college coach, but not only off the field, but also on the field, because I always felt like when you're in college, like you're still teaching the game, um, you know, to these student athletes in college, just because depending where they went to high school, depends like how high they're football iqs are and if you have a kid who maybe went to a small school didn't have the best coaches you 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 got to reteach the game that how you want him to know it in your image so he can run your system once you get to the NFL, I feel like you can breathe a little better because every guy in the NFL is going to understand the game to some capacity. Whether you're D3, D2, D1, Juka, whatever, like everybody in the NFL, they understand the game. And I think from a college coach going to the NFL, that's a refreshing take because now it's not so much, all right, I got to teach you this. I got to no, it's here's what I want. Can you do it or not? If you can't do it, then we'll find somebody else to do it for you.
0: Yeah, it's a good point. I think there's some self responsibility. You own your body. You own your rest of your career in the NFL. NFL, You know, it's it does feel like that's up to the player. Hey, Taven Bryan, if you want to turn your career around, well, then you better get your butt in here. Mm-hmm. Hey, Juwan Taylor, if you're going to really take off in this league, you need a big year three. That's not necessarily like, – we're not blaming necessarily Doug Marone or the line coach for that. We're more blaming the player. Get better. Yeah. Uh, in the college game, I think you are right. Well, there might be some blame for the player, and that was a Boston. bust. And, oh, I, can't st- I can't believe he was a five-star guy, and he didn't live up to it it still goes back to the coach. You recruited that guy. You missed on that guy. Uh, so it's it's interesting. I want to talk a little bit more about that stress level in a moment. But let's get Sean in early in the show here on a Tuesday on Action Sports Chats on ESPN nine. He wants to talk a little about Urban Meyer. What's up, man? Happy New Year.
1: Hey, happy New Year, you guys, man. It's been a little while. I hope everybody had a good New Year. Um, Questions for you guys about Urban Meyer. I have a feeling. So I don't, I don't necessarily feel like Urban Meyer is a correct fit for the team. And I only say that because, Urban Meyer got, had an opportunity to choose his guys, to mold his guys, which made them successful. If he becomes an NFL head coach, he doesn't have the opportunity to actually mold guys. They've already been molded. They already are who they are. So in that respect, I don't think he will transfer very well into the NFL because he's not having the opportunity to choose, to pick and choose. Those guys worked hard for him. They, they succeeded for him. It's not the same way in the NFL. They're not doing it for him. They're doing it for themselves. It's more of a selfish act.
0: Sean, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. That's a very good question, too. And it actually leads into something that's in our topic today. Is this a perfect time for the Jaguars to transition to a college coach? Like, it, it's debatable whether a college coach can work in the NFL. But the reason I say that, Austin, and, and you can speak about what Sean just mentioned, too, mm-hmm. uh, because I have some thoughts on that. But the reason I say it in this context is the Jags are so young. Like, their team is young. Like, I could make the case. Okay, if Urban Meyer comes in here and you tell me, uh, or any college coach for that matter, but I'll say Urban Meyer because that's a hot name. If he comes in here and you say, ah, he's not going to make it. I mean, he's not going to relate to the guy, the pro athlete, the guy that's making millions of dollars, all that stuff. I'm like, can I kind of say the same about, like, Brad Stevens when he went to the Celtics? You know, the college coach hadn't worked in the NBA very much, right? Calipari mm-hmm. and Patino and others. Well, that was a young team in Boston, remember? How young it was, like he could actually shape those guys and almost at least in the early stages, while he adapted to the NBA game, treat it almost like it was still college because he had so many young guys. Well, I kind of feel like the Jags roster's built that way a little bit. He's got a young football team, the youngest in the NFL, which I think is an overrated stat, but. It's true that they are young players, a young foundation. You don't have a lot of 10-year vets, 12-year vets. I can't believe he's doing it this way. You really don't have a lot of that in the Jags locker room. So could this be the perfect time, if you're going to try a college coach, to maybe transition him in?
2: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously an argument right now that the Jaguars being the youngest team in the NFL, like... They're almost like clay, right? And you need someone to mold them um, into the image of being a playoff contender and then hopefully going to a Super Bowl. Like, that's part of it. With Urban Meyer and the whole narrative of, like, hey, listen, like, he's not recruiting his guys. He doesn't have his guys. I understand that point. But what I'm looking at is take the recruiting out of it and I'm even going to take the whole college coaching thing out of it real quick and just ask yourself the question. Can he build a culture? Can he get the maximum development out of his players? Yes or no? Now, I don't have that answer off the top of my head, but like I compare it to this 2012, Kansas City Chiefs had a head coach by the name of Romeo Cronell. Now, I think he's a pretty good coach overall, but that year they went two and 14. The next season, Andy Reid comes in, essentially with the same roster. Now, granted, they had one draft and things like that, but essentially it was the exact same roster. You know how the Chiefs finished the next year with Andy Reid and pretty much the same roster? 11-5, and five, right? Because he changed the culture. He got the maximum output out of his players, and they reaped the benefits. I think they got second place in the AFC West that year. So... I understand the whole thing of what happens if Urban doesn't have his guys. Like, to me, it shouldn't matter. Either you're a good coach, you, you can develop players, you can build a culture, or you can't. And all I have to go off of from Urban Meyer is every place that he's been, he's been able to do that so far.
0: Well, and I think in the NFL, this is one thing that gets lost. Guys respect success. And they know Urban Meyer. Yeah, you might be, listen, man, you don't know the NFL game. That might be a little bit of that. But I think there's an instant respect for a guy who's won as much as Urban Myers won. You know, I I think whether you're a veteran in the NFL or not, I think there's a respect for that. I I could question whether there's a respect for Arthur Smith. But, I mean, the same NFL guy might be able to be like, yeah, what have you done, man? Like, never even played in the league. Like, you never, you've hardly played football. And you've done this for like two years at a high level. So what? You know? So, I mean, you could, those questions are real for anybody. I understand how they are real a little bit for the college game. Now, more to Sean's point. The recruiting aspect of it, I think he brings up a good point. Here's the big difference. The big difference in the college game is if I miss on quarterback and I'm Urban Meyer, well, remember when he won a national championship at Ohio State with three different quarterbacks? Mm, That's because he's got three good quarterbacks, right? Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Like Georgia had three five-star quarterbacks. You don't do that in the NFL. You miss on Trevor Lawrence. You miss on your running back. You miss on your guard. You don't have another five-star or $30 million guy rolling in or first-round pick rolling in most of the time in those spots. And so that's where it's a little bit different. But I still think he knows what a good football player looks like. And that will be working with the GM and him to determine what good football players look like in the NFL. Well, here's the thing, too.
2: Like when Urban Meyer was recruiting in college, obviously he had the type of player that he was looking for. Now, obviously, having a, a fi, you know five stars next to your name doesn't hurt anything either. Like that's the whole game of college football. But when we talk about the NFL, and let's say Urban Meyer is indeed the, the coach going forward now for the Jaguars, when you go to the combine and you interview every single player, when you go to the you know when you go to the film room and and you watch film all of these college games, aren't you essentially recruiting? Like, aren't you saying, hey? this guy, I like his personality, um, I like his attitude, I like the way he looks on film, I want him on my team, let's draft him, or let's get him in free agency.
0: Isn't that recruiting? Absolutely. I, I think there's an element to it, and that's why I say, I don't think this is that, I think Urban Meyer, is such a good recruiter, he knows what a good football player looks like. And so, okay, you've got to translate... That good football player from high school to college, to college to the NFL, or whatever pieces of the puzzle you want to put together. I think Urban Meyer could say, hey, I know what I want to run this offense, and I need this, 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 and this, and this to run the offense. I think he could do that at Pop Warner. I think he could do it in the Canadian League. I think he could do it in the NFL and college. I just think the big difference is, if you do make a mistake in college, you might have three more guys that could fill that role because you have a backlog of five-star, four-star players, especially at the elite programs. You don't get the luxury of that in the NFL. You miss, you might miss big, especially at certain positions. But that's just the nature of the beast, and that's why you better be a good talent evaluator, and you better be good at putting together the puzzle. It's a little bit more of a jigsaw puzzle than a 12-piece puzzle in college. So uh, it's something certainly that you can question, and we won't know. But I do think Urban Meyer, or any college coach, really, knows what a good football player looks like, uh, for sure. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, the latest name in the interview request list is Eric Bieniemy. This guy has to get a job in this cycle, doesn't he? Like, has to get a job. Mm-hmm. What do you think about Eric B. enemy And I'm warning everybody that does... I know there's a lot of folks that don't want the Urban Meyer stuff. I am still in the camp that I will not be surprised at all if Urban Meyer chooses to stay in the Fox studio uh, as for the next couple years. Or forever, for that matter. You better have some other options if you're whoever. Fans, ShotKon, we don't even know what's been offered or anything to Urban Meyer. But again... These other guys, you better vet out in a serious, serious way, especially if you're waiting on Urban to decide or not, if that's kind of the feel of what's going on. Uh, but anyway, Eric Bieniemy coming up next. Is it a Kansas City thing, or can he be the next big thing in the coaching ranks in the NFL? We talk about it next on ESPN Six Night. Mark, no. Uh, Daniel uh, says, we went from hot Cheetos to shampoo, raising the intellectual portion of the show. Austin Lane. I'm wearing a sleeveless t-shirt.
2: What more do you want from us, man? <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's Friday. <laughs>
0: Friday. We're not a intellectual. Action Sports
1: Jacks on ESPN 690.
0: Like, I don't think this town really wants Urban liar as the coach of the Jags. I mean, seriously. The first little sign of stress or he's not doing well, he's going to claim he has not health issue. I mean, come on, Florida, you remember. Ohio State, you remember the same. I mean, seriously. And have any of his quarterbacks really done anything in life except be commentators? <laughs> That's awesome. Shots fired. Who is? Where is that from? Do you know? Some open mics we got. Okay. Uh, so Well, I mean, if we're being
2: honest there, his quarterbacks have done a lot. Let's be honest. Now, in the NFL, maybe not so much. And they're also pretty good Wunderlich score takers, test takers, not as good as me. <laughs> Tim, mystify one, man. Mystify that much. But it's all right. I still got
0: respect for you. The, what's interesting about that, okay, it. do you think – I kind of feel like the whole – as soon as he starts losing, he's going to get sick, and health's going to go bad, and he's going to leave. Like, I, I, I get the narrative – but it's like such it's it feels lazy to me. It's he was at Florida for six years, won two national titles. And again, listen, I don't it's okay. I'm not sitting here to defend Urban Meyer. I'm just saying if you take this whole thing at face value, he left Florida with a ton of baggage. It it was it was not good. It, the whole thing felt weird. And it was weird that eleven months later he was at Ohio State and it was a mess to clean up in Gainesville. There were a lot of bad things going on. I mean, you can read all the articles. I don't think people dispute that. Like, the, the the character issues they had in that locker room and on that field. and I mean, it's almost like thank goodness they had Tim Tebow. I don't know. I, again, I still think it would be like the greatest 30 for 30 ever is that team uh, and what they had personality-wise. But then you go to Ohio State and he's there for seven years. So six years at Florida, seven years at, at Ohio State. Yeah. And he's left Ohio State fine. Again, the Zach Smith stuff was kind of its own deal. That guy went crazy it felt like and maybe you know urban meyer certainly didn't help that situation so he can get criticism for that but he didn't leave them a mess like he left florida it's almost like did he learn something about that did he have different character people there did he learn something about that at florida uh it's and and again we're talking about six years and seven years austin and health is a real issue um, like, I've been told multiple people, and you can ask anybody that has any kind of ties to anybody that knows Urban Meyer, like, it's not fake stuff when it comes to the health stuff. So I just feel like it's so overblown that he's going to lose two games in September and he's going to quit. Yeah. I mean, I, it's so dramatic. It's a little bit lazy. It's, a, it's almost like I'm tired of that narrative. The bottom line is, look at Jacksonville the last three years. They've had a head coach that was there for one year, a head coach that was there four years, and a head coach that was there four years. Well, Urban Meyer's last two stints lasted longer than the longest stint of a Jaguars coach mm-hmm. in the last decade. Mm-hmm. Sign me up for five years of Urban Meyer right now, and if he doesn't feel well after that, see you later. I mean, if, if we're just talking about that, the health part, and he's got to quit, if he things don't go right – it's, that's a bad way to say I don't want Urban Meyer. If you don't like the idea of transitioning to the NFL, if, if you're not a big Meyer fan just because you don't really think he's a great guy, you, know, you don't want to be associated with that, that I'm all for all those things. I just feel like if he loses, he's going to turn around and quit. Yeah, stop.
2: Well, no, no I understand that, and um – um People do have the right to say that based off history a little bit. I mean, you did a great job of breaking it down, but let's be honest. If the Jaguars didn't lose a lot of games the first couple of years and he, he chose to walk away, I mean, you want to talk about a franchise with bad optics, that might be the worst one of all. So I get people's concerns. But I also think if we talk about this all the time in, in the realms of head coaching, right, There's there's ego involved. And I know that ego and pride are sometimes separate things, but I want to combine them right now. Like, every single coach, whether you're at college or in the pros, you have ego and you have pride. And I think what a coach wants more than anything um, out of that profession is to be respected by his peers and to, and to go down as one of the best to ever do it. And Urban Meyer has had a lot of success, and you'll never take that away from him. But when you talk around in circles and, and you ask, hey, what are thoughts about Urban Meyer? People sometimes tend to bring up, well, he left here, or he left here when it got hard. Urban Meyer doesn't want to hear that. Like you're, you're only as good as you know your last coaching gig, I guess, um, on the game of football. And right now, while he had a lot of success at Ohio State, some people feel like he left, and you know he kind of left and left some a bad taste in people's mouths. So with that being said, I think in terms of like a redemption arc or just in terms of Urban Meyer wanting to go out on top, like this is how he does it. Now, whether or not he cares what people think about him or not, so be it. But I'm just saying in terms of coaching, everybody wants respect and everybody wants to be considered, you know, in the hierarchy of greats. And I think if Urban Meyer does this and he has success, then you can put him up there.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it'll be really interesting. I want to talk about another candidate. Um and that's Eric Bienemy. Eric enemy apparently reportedly will, was uh the Jags requested an interview with him and he's been bouncing around. I read something on Eric enemy last year that he only took I think four interviews and some I think it was who was it? Ah, uh, shoot. Maybe Arizona that wanted to interview him either last year or the year prior, but he had already done four so he didn't take a fifth. Um, so interesting because he's in the playoffs and all the stuff going on. He probably is only going to do maybe another four interviews, uh, because he has to get back to work on the postseason. That, that's my assumption. Bottom line is, I like Eric Biennami, man. I, I like the idea of Eric Biennami. Uh, I like the Andy Reid tree. I do caution that you're not going to be able to play video game football like they do in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah. But, where do you stand on Eric Bieniemy as a possible candidate uh, because he's a hot name and I've got to believe he gets a job in this cycle? Yeah,
2: you know, I mean, I, I broke it down a little bit yesterday, but there's just something about coming from the Andy Reid coaching tree compared to the Bill Belichick tree that it, it just sticks out, you know, and the fact that he has spent some time there, um, he has gone about how Andy Reid does things, and this is why, like, listen, I, I can think of a, a million reasons why Bill Belichick, you know, guys don't do that well, and Andy Reid guys do, but, like, what it comes down to for me is anybody that's, you know, I guess coached under Bill Belichick, like, I think they go to the other team, and they try to be Bill Belichick. Right, And there's no way you can do that. Like I've never met Bill Belichick, but from what I've heard um, in circles, from what I see on TV and on the sidelines, there's only one Bill Belichick. So there is no sense in trying to copy what that guy is about because you'll never do it. And if you try, you're going to crash and burn. Andy Reid, on the other hand, while you may not be able to copy his offensive genius, his fervor per se, you can maybe copy that personality. And you can have some fun. Now, Doug Peterson, I understand, right now is in hot water with the Eagles, as he should be. But Doug Peterson, when he first got to Philly, like, I saw a lot of mannerisms in Doug Peterson that I saw myself for a couple weeks with Andy Reid. You know, like the, the whole thing when Doug Peterson would b- break down a meeting and say, hey, let's get some ice cream. Well, Andy Reid said the exact same thing except with burgers. So you can tell that, you know, Andy Reid has a direct influence on terms of having some fun, building the culture, and obviously maybe the offensive mind as well. So when we talk about Eric Bien, I mean we talk about other guys in that coaching tree, like a John Harbaugh, um, like a Sean McDermott, like – like a Doug Peterson, I think they've taken bits and pieces of who Andy Reid is, and then they add their own personality to it. I think the Bill Belichick guys try to be Bill Belichick, and that backfires. So as far as the personality traits, as far as what Eric Bieniemy brings to the table, I mean, I've never had a long conversation with a guy, so it's hard to say. But I think from a teacher in and Andy Reid, number one, an offensive philosophy, number two, and, and being quarterback-friendly, number three, you have to like what you hear about Eric Bieniemy
0: yeah i listen man i like uh i <laughs> it's a weird thing it's like i get wrapped up in like these ages sometimes and i don't know why and I, and I don't i don't just look at their age but i just i feel like he's in an interesting spot in his life and career and it might be a good match for the jags uh because he's 51 he made some mistakes as a younger person a younger man um uh, in his 20s That you don't escape from those, but you grow from those, and you're not the same guy you were 20, 25 years ago, and (laughs) and he's had no issues. And so I've had people bring that up to me. It's like, oh, do you see what he, okay, that's 25 years ago. I mean, listen, I, I mean, we, we, we elect presidents that have had interesting paths. All of them, by the way, not just the last one, but all of them. So, uh, you're not going to get this squeaky clean all the time, but I, I like the fact that he's gone through some trials and tribulations. He's grown up in uh, in terms of a maturation of his coaching profession. And now is getting this validation from Andy Reid, who, by the way, is slowly climbing into being one of the all-time greats in coaching, as you always mention, Austin. Uh, I, I think there's a lot to the like of this guy. It's not, I don't get as, as much enamored with, oh, look what he's done with Patrick Mahomes and their offense. I think it's look what he's learned from and been around and the creativity that that offense does show sometimes, some of these odd video game-esque kind of plays, mm-hmm. I like the innovation nature of that.
2: Well, and maybe one of the, the biggest benefits, in my opinion, coming from the the Andy Reid coaching tree, is that the Kansas City Chiefs now, for, heck, since I was, you know, um, even getting drafted and things like that back in 2010, and especially when Andy Reid took over there, I think it was in 2013, or 12, I'm sorry, it's the fact that they have their specific type of guy that they look for. Personality and also athleticism, you know, body type, all that stuff. Like, there's a certain type of player that's a Kansas City Chiefs player. And I like that a lot. Like, a lot of teams, they're going to draft, like, best available. That's fine, but that's not outside-the-box thinking. The Kansas City Chiefs always take some risks. They're always kind of like, oh, what are they taking this guy for? Because they know he's going to fit their system. And I want a coach that knows what he wants. And if you know what you want then that means when the GM comes in, you can work great with him as well.
0: I've got one more question and a quick little maybe fun story on Eric Biennium coming up uh, next. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Apparently Urban Meyer is not at City Hall. Don't believe those tweets, by the way. (laughs) I think he's top notch. I mean, at the the risk of being redundant, uh, I have not seen many guys that are as great a leader as he is of men. And in this business, that's huge. I mean, it's, it, you're never going to have to worry about Eric Bieniemy, Never. On the
1: field, off the field.
0: That is Andy Reid, and Andy Reid has been trumpeting that kind of message about Eric Bieniemy for the last couple of years now. Will anybody in an NFL office listen? I would say yes. Six jobs open. He's been linked way back to Deshaun Watson in Houston as a, as a likely candidate there. The Jags have requested permission to interview him, according to reports today, and so this guy in this cycle, I believe, has to go, right, Austin? I mean, he has to be a head coach. What, else, what more can he do? Yeah, I mean, this has
2: to be the year for sure. Um, you know, he's one of Super Bowl's offensive coordinator. He's had success in Kansas City. You know, Patrick Mahomes speaks for himself. So with that being said, I feel like there's nothing more to accomplish from a coordinator position uh, for B So it's probably time for him to take the next step.
0: Yeah, and so here's my question uh, quick on bien what 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 people are wondering is this all Andy Reid, right? Mm-hmm. It's what they wonder about Bill Belichick. It's what they run wonder about Nick Saban. It's it's a hard separation when you have a really really good coach, and I think you could say the same for Pete Carroll and others. But what how do you separate that man? I mean, how do you know if you're if you're interviewing the enemy? Like, what do you need to hear that says, hey, yeah, this is about me too? Because, I, like, I take Andy Reid's what he's saying as truth, but he's also trying to push his guy you know so you got to get through some of that mud
2: yeah um
0: so you tell me if you're asking andy reed why you should take the enemy no if all i'm right. asking the enemy i'm like how do i know this is your offense how do i know you're the innovator here how do i know you're the guy that's calling all these things when you got andy reed who's oh, obviously okay. been very good at that job for a long time uh, from an offensive standpoint yeah i mean l- listen like obviously you're gonna have
2: some sort of idea, right? I mean, you're just gonna know if you do your due diligence, right? But if I'm if I'm sitting Eric Bieniemy down, right? I mean, the first question you have to ask is, what was your influence on on this offense? And then a follow up question could be, if you're running the entire show, which I think you were, but if you weren't running the entire show, what would you change about Andy Reid's offense? All
0: right? There right? You go. Because yeah.
2: then I mean, that, that's gonna tell you other that you need to know about it. So um, there's definitely ways to find out, uh, and I think if you're Bieniemy, like. You put it up on yourself and here we go again. We go back to the ego conversation. Like, you want to branch out and prove like, yes, I came from an Andy Reid system, but there's more to me than that. Like, I just don't want to be labeled an Andy Reid guy. I'm my own person. I can call my own offense and I want to prove it to you.
0: Yeah, I listen, uh if they announced Eric Bieniemy as the coach, I'd be pretty excited.
2: Absolutely. No, without a doubt. I mean, realistically, he's definitely um probably top 2 uh at the you know at the most top three for me to to be the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah,
0: and you know I feel like I like Robert Sala a lot, but I could see my only hesitation is okay who are you going to get in on offense? Who are you getting in on offense to help that young QB? Your offense, your identity is going to be your offense hero the next couple of years in my opinion. So that'd be my only thing about Sala where I'd say be enemy. Okay, right, well, I'll I'll believe everything Andy Reid's saying. But I know he's also an offensive guy that can work with this quarterback. He's seen what great looks like at the quarterback spot. So I love the idea that hey, we got a special guest on the phone right now. Let's bring him in, and um I want to introduce him to you, Sub Stewart. Oh, you know uh, he, no, he might be the fantasy champ. You, you, by the way, yeah, Doctor you're Fantasy pull anything champ. over
2: me. I knew this was coming. Thank you, thank you, Coos. What Kuz. the heck,
0: Justin? You're not I mean, what the to do heck, Coos? Man, what I, what you he doing? heard me telling you Stewart was hey, on
1: the I line. I Stewart was on the line. What do you want me to say?
0: <laughs> Austin, explain yourself. You lost to Weber in the fantasy. This guy hasn't won anything in like a decade in fantasy. Yeah. He gives fantasy advice all the time. That, yeah. is, that is completely untrue, by the way.
2: Listen, man. All right. I was talking all year. Talking a big game. Kyler Murray was my dude. And I had Josh Allen on the bench. And I knew Kyler Murray was not 100%. Not making up excuses because, to be fair, the switch wouldn't have mattered, but I opted to go with Kyler Murray because I wanted to prove people wrong and say, even though this guy's hurt, even though he's probably playing the best defense in the league, I can still win a fantasy football championship with Kyler Murray. Now, first quarter, did his leg almost fall out out of the socket? Probably. So that was a bad call on my part. Stewart beat me fair and square. Props to him. Um, I'm already scouting, you know, for for next season. I already got my my quarterback list that I like already. And Kyler Murray, it's been fun, but we'll see you later.
1: Weber, how bad was yeah. it? How bad did you beat him? Uh, no, it was close. You know, we did the two week two week championship. So I won the first week by nearly thirty points. He won the second week by ten. Yeah. Uh, I, I will say though, this uh, was one of my my best seasons in fantasy football ever and i say that because i slept through the draft uh (laughs) that will that will happen when uh you know when we didn't have any money on it it was only pride and, and nobody reminded me that you know hey we've got a fantasy draft at this time so i actually slept through that bad boy we auto drafted but the amount of moves i made from that point on is what propelled me to a championship season and for that I feel a certain level of accomplishment from the the roster turning, the fact that my number one overall pick in the draft, which is just as hilarious because a guy who auto-drafts gets the number one overall pick, Christian McCaffrey did absolutely nothing. He had three weeks that he played in the entire year, and despite these odds, I still persevered and put together a championship-worthy okay. roster over the course of the season. So
2: so, so here's the thing. I mean, you, you kind of told on yourself here, and that was that. was that's your mistake. But first of all, don't ever think that money's more important than pride. Pride comes first than the money. So you have the pride. Congratulations. Point number two, you didn't draft this thing. This was computer-generated. This was an auto-draft. So essentially, my ego is now boosted because I'm like, and I'm sure you know this guy, Stuart, I'm like Bobby Fischer right now. I might be the best in the world, and I'm taking on computers. I didn't beat the computer this time, but you better believe I'll see you next season.
1: Uh, It was not the computer that you faced in the championship, my friend. If you look at the roster, a mere two, maybe three of those players in that final roster were on that auto-draft team. That's the point. I'm taking on ESPN computers, Brent. These are all true moves being made by yours truly, including... A number of moves made in the final weeks to prevent you from picking up the proper players to come back and get a victory. Brent, I'm taking on soulless,
2: mechanical, robotical computers from ESPN. They have no souls. They're straight killing machines. You know what? That killing machine got the best of me this year. It ain't going to happen again.
0: Hey, kids, money over pride. We'll be back.